You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast recorded with Hashem's never-ending kindness in Rampi Shemesh Israel 5769-2009. This week we have a double-header Parsha. We have Tazria and Mitzorah. These two Parshas, for the most part, speak about the concept of the Mitzorah, of the person who's afflicted with what we call leprosy. It's not precisely leprosy. It's actually a spiritual illness that a person gets for certain sins of speech. We'll see more about that. That's the main topic of these two parshios. And it's interesting because this year we have these two parshios together. And because of that, I noticed that before and after the whole idea of the mitzvah of the leprous person, so we have two different ideas that are connected to each other. And we need to understand why these two ideas were chosen to be before and after the concept of the mitzvah. Now let's take a closer look Let's look at the beginning of the parsha. let's look at the end of the parsha. let's try to understand what's happening here. So the beginning of Parsha's Tazria, chapter 12, so it speaks about the concept of a woman who has just given birth. And the Torah tells us that depending on if a woman has given birth to a boy or a girl, there's a different amount of time that this woman remains impure. We have to know what this concept of impurity means, this concept of Toma. But in any event, it speaks about this Toma, this impurity, and what happens after a certain amount of time, she has to bring a special sacrifice, Torah also throws in something which seems to be a curveball, and we'll see at the end that this is actually something that's very important. So the Torah says at the very beginning, it says that a woman, after she gives birth, so she's impure for seven days, and then on the eighth day, even though the whole entire thing is talking about her impurity and the whole process of her bringing the sacrifices, all of a sudden it talks about on the eighth day, if it's a boy, so then you have to give him a milo, you have to give him a circumcision. seems out of place. We need to understand why was that thrown in here. Then after this whole parsha of the woman's impurity, so then we speak about the whole idea of the mitzvah, a person who's a leprous person. So our sages tell us that the reason that a person would get this disease, it was actually, it wasn't just a physical disease, it was more of a spiritual disease. And it would come when a person would misuse his ability to speak. When a person would say negative speech about others, if he would say lashon hara, say gossip, motzi shemra, saying, spreading false rumors about others. So this would bring upon himself leprosy, this special spiritual illness of tzara'as. And he would have to come to the Kohen. The Torah gives us a very involved process, how the person will become pure again, how the person will take off this sickness from himself, when he can re-enter the Jewish people. That's that. Now at the end of Parsha's Mitzvah, the second Parsha that we read, so the Torah finishes off the whole concept of tzara'as, of the leprosy, and then it tells us, it finishes off with four different types of people who are impure, and they have to go to a mikvah, they have to go to a ritual bath in order to be able to be allowed to come into the sanctuary. So the Torah describes four different types of people. A woman who experiences her period, so she has a certain amount of impurity, she has to wait, she has to become pure again before she can enter into the temple again. A man whose seed comes out of him for whatever reason, so he has to go in the mikvah, he has to go in the ritual bath in order to be able to enter into the temple. And there are two other cases of people who have some kind of abnormal emissions from their bodies, and these people, so they have to purify themselves in order to be able to re-enter the temple. Now the question is, what's the connection between this concept of impurity, of the woman who's just had a child, of the woman who's menstruating? Why were these chosen to sandwich, so to speak, the concept of mitzora, the idea of the leprous person? Now to begin to understand these concepts, we need to return to the concept of mila, to the concept of circumcision. Now, there's a beautiful medrash that the Or HaChaim brings down, and he explains it with an unbelievable understanding. Mr. Hashem will see it soon. And the medrash says like this, there was a certain evil person by the name of Tarnus Rufus, and he would engage in debate with the great Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva was the greatest sage of his time. He was the one who knew all the secrets of the Torah and all the, the revealed parts of the Torah. Everything that we have today is from him. 
So Tornus Rufus comes to him and he says to him, you know, you guys, you believe in this concept of meal of circumcision. It doesn't really make sense to me. You know, God, who do you think does a better job of making something, God or people? God, you would say, right? So if God made the human being in a certain way, so then that way constitutes perfection. That's the way God made it. So why would you come along and do circumcision and destroy something that's perfect already? That was his question to Rabbi Akiva. So Rabbi Akiva didn't say anything. He went off into his storehouse. He came back with some pieces of wheat and some bread, a loaf of bread. And he plays it before Tunis Rufus, and he says to him, tell me something, which is greater, the bread or the wheat? Because the wheat is made by God, but the bread is made by man. And Rabbi Akiva was saying to him, that sometimes there are things that need to be processed. They come out in raw form, but they need to be processed. But Tornus Rufus wouldn't hear of it, and he said back to him, Rabbi Akiva, if it's indeed true that this is something that's perfection, once you circumcise the human body, that's when it's considered perfect. So then tell me, why wouldn't God create a human being that he should be that way when he's born? Why would God leave that piece of skin there if it's meant to be cut off immediately after birth? Rabbi Akiva responded to him and said, that the answer is that Hashem, God, when he gave us the commandments, he gave us these commandments to purify ourselves through these commandments. Meaning, indeed, God creates us with imperfections. And our job, through the commandments, through the mitzvahs, through the Torah, is to raise ourselves, to purify ourselves, to, to make ourselves more perfect. Now the Orachim explains that this story, there's a much deeper level to this story, much more going on beneath the surface in this conversation between Tornus Rufus and Rabbi Akiva. And he says, as an introduction, he tells us that the concept of circumcision is very, very deep. And the, the skin that's being removed with circumcision represents the concept of evil. And in fact, he says, if we go back to the times of Adam HaRishon, the first man, in fact, Adam HaRishon was born without that piece of skin. He was born circumcised. Only after he sinned by eating from the Eitz Hadas, by eating from the tree of good and evil, which God had told him not to do, only then did that piece of skin grow onto him, which would later need to be removed by circumcision as a direct result of that sin. The Orchaim also says that another result was that the woman began to have a cycle. The fact that a woman menstruates is also a result of that sin. And we also know that what else did Hashem say to man? That because of the sin, by your sweat, by your toil, will you eat bread? And what's the understanding of this? Because before Adam Arishon sin, before that first sin, so if one wanted to eat some wheat, there was no processing involved. You didn't have to make bread. You didn't have to take the wheat, grind it up, take off the chaff, get rid of, all, do all the different steps that were involved in order to make flour and then cook it, bake it into bread. It wasn't necessary. As soon as it came out of the ground, it was ready to eat. But now, so the klipa grew onto it. The shell grew onto it. It became much more difficult to be able to get to the food. Now the question becomes, why? What's the understanding of this? Why are these the punishments? What, what, how does the punishment fit the crime here? So in order to understand this, we need to take a step back. We need to look at what was the cause of this punishment. The cause of the punishment was obviously the sin. Now, why did they sin? So let's take a step further back. The reason that they sinned was because the Nachash, the snake, enticed Chava. How did the snake entice Chava? He said something very interesting. Let's go look at the verses. So we find in Genesis chapter 3, the very beginning of the chapter, so the Nachash, the serpent, gets involved in a conversation with Chava, with Eve. And they're talking back and forth, and Chava tells the serpent that, you know, God said that we're not allowed to eat from this tree. He said, if we eat from this tree, we're going to die. So the Nachash, the serpent, says to her, you know, it's not true. 
It's not going to die. This is chapter 3, verse 4. The serpent says to the woman, It's not true, you're not going to die. Next verse. God knows. You know why God told you not to eat? Because He knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened. You're going to be exactly like Him. He's not going to be so unique. You're going to know good and evil just like Him. So Chava, Eve, she hears this. She says to herself, you know, the whole reason that God put me in this world is in order that I should be like God. So if I have a way to become more like God, which is to choose, to choose to eat from this tree, so then I've got to choose it. And she does, and she eats from the tree, and she brings it to Adam. And Adam, Adam, he also eats from the tree. And this is the sin, this is what it comes down to. This is why they were punished, because they didn't listen to God. Now, if we look at it carefully, so at which point, where was the sin? What did they do wrong? And the answer is, the Nachash, the snake, so he lied to them. God said, you're going to die. He said, no, you're not going to die. That was number one. Number two was that the Nachash said, you know, I'll tell you something, God is scared. He doesn't want you to eat from the street, because if you eat from the street, you're going to be just like him. He wants to be unique. And she buys into the lie. She hears, she hears someone saying, she hears a serpent saying, that God is not in this for you, he's in it for himself. And she heard this evil speech, this lush and hara. And she listened and she believed it. And that's how she sinned. And that's how Adam Arishan also sinned. The first man, he also sinned this way. Now let's take a close look. What is Lashon Hara? What does listening to evil speech mean? Whenever we hear something negative about another person, or when Chava heard something negative, the serpent was saying about God. So what we're doing is we're taking the person and looking at them in a negative light. What should Chava have responded? What should Eve have responded? She should have said, it can't be God is the source of the ultimate good. He only wants to bestow good upon me. How could it be that he would hold back something for me and tell me not to eat something which is really for my best? It can't be. It's not true. You, the serpent, are a liar and a fraud and it's all false. But instead what happened? She took the bait. She believed the shekel. She believed the thing that was completely untrue. And she looked at God in a negative light and because of that, she created a distance between herself. She created a wall between herself and God. And anytime a person listens to Lashon Hara, to false speech, even if it's not false, even if it's true and it's negative about someone else, it creates a wall between the person who's listening and the person who's being spoken about. And how do we knock down that wall? By thinking positively. By thinking, how could it be? How could we explain it? it could, first of all, it might not even be true. But even if it is true, how could we understand that maybe this person didn't mean that negative thing? Maybe this person is not so bad. Maybe they're really a good person. When we focus on the positive, we can tear down the walls. And that was the problem, because Chava and Adam, they didn't focus on the positive. They didn't think of the fact that God wants only the good for them. And that's how evil was able to enter into them, because they created this barrier between themselves and between God. And that's why the punishment to Adam and Chava, their punishment was precisely midah keneged midah, measure for measure, exactly what they did, that's what they received. Adam and what happened? So now there was a level of evil that entered into him and covered him. And there was this piece of skin that represented evil. He was covered, he wasn't able to attach himself directly to God anymore. That was what was represented by that piece of skin. The woman, what happened to her? Chava, Eve. Now she has a menstrual cycle.
Now there are times in the month that she's not permitted to be with her husband. There's a level of separation. She can't constantly conceive. She doesn't always have that ability anymore. What else happens? So the most natural thing is that Hashem is saying God opens His hand, provides for every single creature. It's natural, it's automatic. There's no one in the entire world, there are no creatures in the entire world that have to expend a tremendous amount of effort in order to process their food in order to be able to eat it or that have to spend a tremendous amount of time making money in order to be able to buy food to put on their table. Only the human being, because we separated between ourselves and God. Therefore, there's that separation still. And that's why there was a shell that grew upon the wheat. That shell has to be removed before you can get inside to get to the grain. Then you have to break down the grain. You have to make it into flour. Then you have to take the flour, add water and yeast in order to be able to make it into bread. This whole process, because there's no more direct channel into God anymore, because we've separated ourselves. This is also the concept of Tumah, of ritual impurity. What's this ritual impurity? We can't access the base Hamidus. You can't step foot into the temple of God as long as you are impure. There's a wall that stands between the human being and God as long as he's in a state of impurity. What's the impurity caused by a woman that she's menstruating? So she can't come into the temple. And a woman who's just had a baby, she also can't come into the temple. Because these things both represent the concept that there was a separation that was created at the beginning of time with Adam and Chava, with Adam and Eve. And until a person undergoes the purification process and goes into the mikvah, the ritual bath, there's an iron wall that's standing between the person and God. This, I believe, is the understanding of why we have, at the beginning of Tazria, we have this whole story after a woman gives birth, so she has to wait a certain amount of time in order to be able to come back into the temple. She has to go through a whole purification process. And we also mention in there, it's not a coincidence, we mention in there the concept of bris, of the eighth day which is a removal of that boundary that was created because of that original sin. She's also removing the boundaries in order to be able to enter back into the temple. And at the end of Parshas Mitzorah, we also have this whole concept of the woman or the man who had some kind of emissions, and they need to purify themselves in order to be able to get back into the temple. And what are these two concepts sandwiching? The sandwiching, the whole concept of Lashon Hara, the whole concept of evil speech that causes Mitzorah, that causes a person to get leprosy. And this idea represents to us that if we want to understand what's the root of everything, it all comes down to separating ourselves from other people, to separating ourselves from God, by not being malamitzchus, by not seeing the positive, by thinking negative thoughts about others, by thinking negative thoughts about God. These thoughts themselves separate us from God. They separate us from our friends. They separate us from all the people around us. That's why it's so important that we see only the good in others, only the good in God. Look at the beautiful things that God has done for us. How many wonderful things. There are difficulties in our lives. There are so many things that we, we may undergo. However, we have to look at all the positive things. When we have friends, we hear something negative about a friend. First of all, we're not supposed to listen. But if we hear something, we need to focus on the positive things. We need to try to rationalize. How could it be that our friend, the great person that we know, all these positive things about this person. It can't be that that's, that's out of character for that person. And what happens to a person who listens or speaks Lashon Hara? So he becomes a Mitzorah. He gets this leprosy and he has to be separated from the Jewish people. He separated himself inside of his mind. He separated other people from himself. He spoke negatively about others. He caused others to become separated. So he gets separated. He gets sent away. 
I want to bless you, I mean, all of us, that we should always be able to see the good, to focus in on the positive, see all the beautiful things that God does for us. Focus in on those things, connect ourselves to God. Instead of creating walls between ourselves and God, we should be able to tear down those walls, to be able to purify ourselves. And when we look at our relationships with other people, it's very easy to see the negative. It's very easy to jump on things. We need to stop that. We need to change our thinking patterns. We need to focus in on the positive, to see only the good. The more we tear down the walls between ourselves and others, the closer, the greater unity we can have between all of the people of Israel. The more we tear down those walls between ourselves and God, the more that the Jewish people themselves can unify with God. And when the Jewish people unify with God, so we'll bring, we'll usher in that ultimate time of Mashiach. May it be very soon, speedily in our days. Thank you so much for listening and have a great Shabbos. Oh